When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the gates and ready to go hot mic with Hutton with row is underway on this wednesday edition glad you're with us across the outkick network that includes youtube where you can join chad in the chat starting right now just search out outkick hit subscribe pound the like button and ring that bell that way you're alerted each and every time we go live across all of the shows here on the network big show planned today from sixth and peabody with ea beer and old smoky moonshine clay travis joins us in an hour and 15 minutes uh we'll Speak to the fearless leader of Outkick, the founder of Outkick. Clay uh, will be with us as he is each and every week on Wednesdays. Uh, Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, on today's show as well in hour two. Plus, Ned Michaels, golf analyst, joins us from Rome, where we will see the Ryder Cup get underway. And Ned will give us the very latest uh, late night for him in Rome, joining us uh, in hour number three this afternoon. Chad, good afternoon. Hutton, happy to be here. Excited for this big show today. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And we hit it right off the top with the uh, score starts headlines, starting uh, with Jimbo Fisher, who gave up the play calling duties and brought back Connor Wegman. And uh, Wegman is now, well, he's done for the year. Broken foot, starting quarterback, the third consecutive season now that the quarterback who has started the season for Texas A&M is done. Haynes King in 2021. Max Johnson injured uh, last year, and now Wegman and Johnson's back in the mix as they take on Arkansas this weekend in Arlington. Fisher is, well, he's rich, very wealthy. He'll be wealthy either way. But Chad, this is yet another obstacle for the coach that was paid handsomely to come in and win more than just a fair share of games in the SEC and be more than what they have been on offense. And now... The, the star QB that was supposed to help lead them down that path, he's done for the season with a broken foot against Auburn, which he suffered in the second quarter. And initially, the initial reports were it's not that serious. The x-rays were negative. And then today on the SEC teleconference uh, call with reporters, previewing the upcoming week, Fisher says, oh, he's, he's actually, he has a broken foot and he's done for the season. Hutton, I... Um maybe have a little, a little bit of different opinion about all this. I, I think this helps Jimbo Fisher's job security. I think Texas A&M fans and administration there, led by Ross Bjork, they're looking for any excuse to protect this guy with that contract. They're looking for any excuse to say it's not Jimbo Fisher's fault. And losing your starting quarterback is one of those excuses. Well, you said that they look pretty good with yeah, Johnson. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll, it, now it's just icing on the cake. Like whatever they get out of Max Johnson, who, yeah, he two touchdown passes – Stats were good in that second half against Auburn. Uh, it got hit a couple times. Yep. It had just an incredible <clears throat> excuse me, touchdown or two, getting choked up here talking about Max Johnson. I thought he looked good in that game. And whatever he does that's good from here on out, it'll be seen by Aggie fans as, hey, look at Jimbo Fisher getting the most out of a backup quarterback. Well, and then if they bottom out and don't win much going forward, what, what's, what are they going to say? Well, 
Connor Wigman's the real deal, and now when he gets back, this program's going to be just fine, and this team's going to be just fine. So I actually think that this actually gets his seat cooler and not hotter because of that. Because they want any reason to buy in and believe in Jimbo Fisher, and this is a, a proper excuse for that fan base and for the administration to say, well, lost a starting quarterback. Whatever happens, happens. Well, let's see who they well, – it's how it happens, though. Let's see who they lose to if they lose along the way. But, I mean, they should have confidence in Max Johnson, former starter in the league, and he's only thrown seven picks for his career. He's, what, 42, 45 touchdown passes, and – Started the season last year. So, uh, can they move forward and win games? Absolutely. Now, if, if they're awesome from here on out with Max Johnson and the offense looks a lot better, then the question to ask would be, well, why wasn't he starting before? Why, why was it Connor Wegman and not him? Yeah, but even Billy that? Lucci said it was pretty evident that it was, it was Wegman who was winning the job, even if they didn't name the starter until the end of August. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to take a lot, I, I think, because that contract yeah. – for Jimbo Fisher, and we, to we ever discussed be in any earlier, earlier this season about is do we think he's on the do we think he's coaching A and M next year? I do. Yeah, um, and I, I'm with you. I think it, it, next year is the, the the college football playoff or pink slip type deal with 12 teams. But I I don't get the sense that one quarterback injury is going to be doom and gloom for his job security. I'm no, I, I again I, I think this helps Jimbo Fisher because now there's an excuse about what why if the Aggies aren't good, which hey. They may be better. I thought Max Johnson was really good in his first game playing with Texas A&M in relief on Saturday against Auburn. Joe Namath, uh, not a fan of Zach Wilson in relief of what was supposed to be a Super Bowl or bust season for the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, uh, saying that they need to move on, uh, that Robert Sala uh, had enough of Robert Sala based on his backing of, of Zach Wilson. And, well... Rodgers goes on with Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show and, and discusses what Namath said, but doesn't necessarily name him directly. He says, quote, uh, and this is from Namath originally, send him to Kansas City to back up against somebody like Mahomes and maybe learn something. I wouldn't keep him. I've seen enough of Zach Wilson, all right? I've seen enough. Quick feet, he can throw a little bit, but I don't believe he's got what's going on up there. And then Rodgers on McAfee referred to a, a positive outlook, as you might expect, saying he, how much he wishes he was still there around the team. And he says, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for our boys. I'd like to see everyone stick together, our fan base, our former players, our current players, because there's too much negativity, and the world is crashing down after three weeks. It's a long season. A lot of time, a lot of things can happen. Let's support our guys. Let's support the boys on the field. Stick with our guys and have a little belief. Yeah. That from Aaron Rodgers. Boy, let me tell you, 80-plus-year-old sports figures are really having a moment right now, riling people up. You had Lee Corso and Lou Holtz last week get responses from Jake Dickert, head coach at Washington State, and, of course, Ryan Day going scorched earth himself on NBC after the game, saying, I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. Now you got Aaron Rodgers all riled up about something 80-year-old Joe Namath is saying about his former team and his quarterback. I understand what Aaron Rodgers is saying. The biggest concern I would have was that first part of this. When your running back is going after your running back's coach on television, on the sideline, yeah. ready to choke him out, and you got guys bickering back and forth, that is a problem that I believe Aaron Rodgers could correct 
if he was the quarterback. You're not going to have a correction with that when Zach Wilson is your quarterback. And that's the issue that Joe Namath is talking about. I've seen enough of him to know that he's not the guy. Not only is he not the guy of the future, he can't do anything in the present. And he's a poor leader. What Joe Namath is saying isn't wrong. I understand Aaron Rodgers saying, if you really care about the Jets and you are an influential figure like a Joe Namath when he's talking about former players, let's hold our water a bit here. Let's not jump off the Brooklyn Bridge three games into the season at one and two. Let's hold it together. Let's be better competitors about it. And let's not start freaking out. I get it. I understand what he's saying. I just think we're all getting a little bit too riled up over the opinions of 80-plus-year-olds and having to go back and forth about it. Well, it's uh, Namath is echoing the opinion of many, including the locker room from last year. I mean, it's different with Rodgers laying down, rehabbing the Achilles injury and discussing that on the Pat McAfee show than it is being in the locker room in Green Bay, and he goes R-E-L-A-X, you know, with a, a poor start to the season. It's it's different because he's not the quarterback leading them out of that black hole, out of the darkness, uh, and onto the you know onto the field and wearing green for the Jets. Uh, and that's that's the difference in the locker room, and that's why you have a lack of poise right now within the Jets, from uh, the, the the player to the coach on the the heated conversation on the sideline, and just the lack of faith and belief really in their backup quarterback turned starter again, Zach Wilson. And then Rodgers acknowledged, Chad, as you mentioned, the, the heated exchange. I've seen those conversations, he says. I think we need to hold our poise a little bit better, really just offensively. We need to not have some of those things happen on the sideline and be a little bit better and be a little bit better competitors. Well, and, you know, I would say act like you've been there before and you face some adversity right. and you know how to overcome it, but the Jets really haven't been there before. They haven't been the focal point of a league. They, they haven't been a team with enormous expectations. At least the guys on this Jets roster haven't been there. Aaron Rodgers has been there. If he was leading this team, he could, as you said, Hutton, do the R-E-L-A-X, relax speech, and calm people down just with his presence. But he's hurt. He's out for the season. So when Aaron Rodgers says, I don't know that we'd be 3-0 and right now, but maybe if I was – yeah, of course. But But he's not there. So let's have a little bit of grace, I think, is also the message here from Aaron Rodgers. But that grace has to also start from within. Let's show each other a little bit of grace and hold it together more offensively and stop freaking out at every turn. But this is who the Jets are. This is You can't say act like you've been there before and go about your business and go win some games. They don't really know how to do that. They went and got Aaron Rodgers to teach them how to do that. Robert Sala doesn't know how to do that as a head coach either. He hasn't done it yet. So there probably does need to be a little bit of grace shown from that Jets fan base and former players like Joe Namath. But I'm also not going to sit here and railroad an 80-year-old man who's given his honest opinion on a quarterback position he knows a hell of a lot about. And probably a hell of a lot more than I know about the quarterback position given his history. So if he's got an opinion about Zach Wilson, he's asked about it, who am I to tell an 80-year-old man not to voice his opinion about it? He can say whatever the heck he wants. And what he's saying is exactly what everyone knows that watches Zach Wilson. He sucks. He sucks right now. He hasn't improved. I thought he could improve. I, I bought it. They win the first game, and I'm thinking maybe, just maybe, Zach Wilson has improved with Aaron Rodgers around him.
But Hutton, that does not look to be the case right now. Well, I think he through can these three games. improve, but it goes back to my point yesterday. You, you, you don't improve after four snaps of being the backup. You know, you, you can't rehab that process of what needs to take place behind the scenes in week one in the middle of the first quarter. Does it go down like that? And maybe he could do that with a fresh start somewhere else, but he's not going to do that somewhere else this season because Robert Sala is dead set on Wilson being the guy. Tim Boyle's the backup. They've signed Trevor Simming to the practice squad now, and they're moving forward with that three-pack going into uh, the, the heart of their schedule now as division play really ramps up for all teams across the league. Um, it, for all of the discussion and attention on the Jets, imagine if Colin Kaepernick was there on the practice squad. <laughs> he wrote a letter to Joe Douglas uh, explaining why he would be uh, great to be considered for the practice squad spot on, on the Jets roster, saying that he agrees with why they're, they're backing Zach Wilson, but if anything were to happen, he's, a, he's ready to go. He could be on the practice squad, and they end up signing Trevor Simeon, one of their former QBs, who lost out uh, in Cincinnati to uh, Reed Stinnett, didn't sign on the practice squad in Cincy, instead signs with the New York Jets. And you look at the stats for Simeon, they're not great. But you think there's a coincidence while Kaepernick wants to be on the Jets practice squad when he's not writing letters uh, that we know about through uh, friends that are uh, putting this out there with his permission uh, to Dallas, Philadelphia, or Atlanta. Those are just the three, I'm sure there are others, that don't currently have a quarterback on their practice squad. He's not asking to be on their rosters. He's wanted to be on New York with the Jets because of the brand, not because of the ball. Hutton, I can't be the only one that's rooting for this to happen. I think this would be amazing theater in a city known for its theater. Well, it would be amazing theater, but also just a soap opera. Absolutely. But, but for no reason. But they already are a soap opera. And I, look. They, Colin the, Kaepernick, the soap opera, though, was about winning, and now it's just everyone knows what, who they are yeah, without Rodgers. It's not going to happen. All right, let's end it right there. It's not going to happen because he hasn't played in forever. And Seven years. I, and there's got to be better options you know, available. If you're looking for someone on the street, there's Carson Wentz is a better option. You know, As an example, right now, if you wanted to go with someone off the street, I'm just saying as someone who loves entertainment, the idea of Colin Kaepernick coming to the Jets' rescue – and him trying to be the answer for that organization right now in New York with all eyes on him, the coverage of that would be a spectacle to behold. And the response from America on either side would be so over the top on both sides. I mean, I, at some point you just kind of want to watch Rome burn and the, the, everything would burn if this happened. And I'm, I'm rooting for it, quite frankly. You're, Let's you're, burn it all down. You're not going to have to, to uh, have Kaepernick there to watch Rome burn uh, if you're thinking of it from the uh, perspective I want the drama. of Salah you know, it's, it's, not as, it's not as much fun to watch Zach Wilson flail around and well, fail out there on the field. Uh, I, I, want not, more, uh, I want more drama out why there. Why not Philadelphia, Atlanta, or Dallas if you're Kaepernick? If, he wants to, if he's willing to be on a practice squad, uh, why not the practice squads that currently don't carry a quarterback? What, what he, I mean, I, I thought this would be an open invitation to join any practice squad. Only no, the he, Jets? He just... wrote a letter to Douglas. Yeah. Uh, directly to the Jets. Joe, hope this letter finds you in great spirits, is how he opened the letter. I hope he responds to that letter, unlike 
Brian Kelly, who wouldn't respond to I'm Lou Holtz. You and your staff letters. and the players a great game this weekend as you look to bounce back. Thank I'm you, writing, Matt. of course, in Matt response Young. to the unfortunate loss of Aaron Rodgers. And then he goes into details of... Dear Colin. If I were to... I received your correspondence, oh, and I will respond on tomorrow. You, what if we had Captain Andrew Luck respond to it? Yeah. Well, I, look, I, guy, guy was a good player back in, what, 2014, 2015? <laughs> it's been a long time, not Jonathan. I don't, I don't know if I could do it. He could join the book club, though. He's very well read, is what I understand. <laughs> and he's even written a children's book. I may have to cover it in the next book club podcast. He's not reading those books. Yeah. Uh, this would allow you guys to, uh, as an organization, to take a real that? look at where I'm at in football-wise, games-like situations against an elite defense, while also not putting any competitive pressure on Zach. It's great. Bring it on. You know, sometimes you got to roll the dice, Joe Douglas. You know that as well as anyone. Bring on Colin Kaepernick. But what, what else did the, could the Jets have right now? What, what other controversy can we create with this New York Jets team? Bring, bring it all on. You know, let's... Trial by fire. Let's just face everything all at once. Get it out of the way. Cleanse our souls of all bad things and start anew next year with Aaron Rodgers. This should be the goal. Uh, Kaepernick not trying to go for the uh, the practice squad at Arizona right now? Or hey, Jacksonville? Josh Dobbs is locking that job down forever. More NFL discussion next. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Honey Withrow rolls on. Glad you're with us. Chad, who'd have thought that at this point in the season, Deion Sanders would be doing what he's doing compared to Sean Payton and the Broncos from Boulder to Denver? It's a fascinating state of football right now, Hutton. State of Colorado. The proven Super Bowl winning head coach returned to save a proud organization is flailing right now, looking like Nathaniel Hackett Jr. Meanwhile, Deion Sanders was a star coach in HBCU, first gig yeah. in Power Five, doing just fine and getting everyone watching him every single week also. He's definitely been the star. I see about that watching the Broncos, how crazy it is that the Colorado Buffaloes are a bigger deal right now than the Denver Broncos. That's probably never been yeah, the case. An afterthought. In that area? Yeah, never been the case. Broncos play Chicago, 0-3 versus 0-3 this weekend. Uh, at least the Bears only lost by 31 points. Yeah. Uh, not 70-20. to 20. Um, And you've got, look, uh, uh, for Sean Payton, he wanted Vic Fangio. Uh, they end up, uh, Fangio, of course, is accepts the Dolphins' job uh, instead. And they have so many different questions on defense. Russell Wilson's been okay, but not great. Uh, and then you have the superstar status of Colorado and, and Dion and everything that primetime was chatting about in the offseason. Everyone clinging to every word. Same could be said for Sean Payton. And one's living up to it, the other one's not. One handles a loss well. 
Sean Payton's not handling the 0-3 start very well. What's your question? What's your question? Yeah, you just lost by 50 points, dude. Yeah, the reporter was kind of going through, hey, these things are an NFL first. It hasn't happened this one. Don't know if you're aware. Yeah, I'm aware. What, what's your What's your question? What's your Look, I... I think we probably need to hold our water a little bit too on on Sean Payton um, with this, but Hutton, I, I I watch that defense and I just don't know how much better it's going to get to the point where they're anything other than what seven and ten right now would be kind of a dream for the Broncos for improvement. Well, and they've got. But their- also, do you just want to? I mean, just go ahead and bottom out again. And get a high draft pick. I, I I don't know what is going on there. Well, I don't know how many. I don't think they have the picks because they traded their picks for Russell Wilson and uh, well, they got one in return this past year, um, from Miami. But yeah, I mean they they've put everything into either New Orleans or Seattle based on the acquisition of Peyton and Russell Wilson. It's also fascinating to me to see the attitudes of both coaches. They're both very arrogant. Yeah, Dion's arrogance Ego-wise, is paying yeah. off for him. Yep. And his uh, he he calls it confidence and not arrogant, but it, it's it's arrogance. His arrogance and his program's whole demeanor and attitude has paid off early on. Um, Sean Payton's has not. I think his ego has gotten the best of him, whether it be with the reporter, whether it be with his defense, uh, his comments to Jarrett Bell about Nathaniel Hackett that bit him because the the football community did not like that one bit. Yeah, the co- we in the right. media were okay with it because, it's, hey, at least he was being honest. The, the tr- it, was, it was true. Yeah, I'm sure the Broncos fan base, okay, well, at least this guy's acknowledging what's happened. He's definitely going to make it better, right? Won a Super Bowl with the Saints. Got to be better than Nathaniel Hackett. And through three games, he looks worse, which is shocking to everyone. And it is just interesting how that the flip side of success versus failure with two guys who clearly have gigantic egos – and how that pays off. Now, in the NFL, I don't think as a, a, a head coach in the NFL, it serves you that well to have a, an, an enormous ego and be arrogant because of the nature of the business in the NFL, where everyone's designed to go 500, and it's more about smart draft picks, free agent signings, and then smart preparation yeah, as coaches. Unfortunately, it happens way too often. Though. In co- no, I agree. In college football, though, it's paying off for Dion because this is the you part, too. Well, instead of they ego, put out a persona and a celebrity status swagger that is going to work with transfer portal guys. Their confidence. It's going to work. Deion Sanders has to get his line play down. He's getting the skill position guys, and starting with that. his son. And that's that's where he's going to play a factor in the the, the tampering, quote unquote. Well, Absolutely. That's that's the next step in the portal for them. Speed, speed, speed. I think he's going to be able to attract that through high school recruiting, and he's going to get some top guys yeah. there. And I think he's going to have the ability to go into that portal and get fully grown men that are fully developed three or four years into their career to come in and play offensive line and defensive line. If you supplement your roster that way and you have the quarterback, which he does right now with his son, they're only going to get better. I believe, Dion when he says, catch us now because we're as bad as we're ever going to be right now. So make sure you get your shots in Maybe right Sean now. Maybe Sean Payton would actually say that too. By the way, Dion's not the first coach to say that. I think pretty much every coach in year one that yeah. has some ego to him we, has said, hey, catch us now. Now's the time to get us because we're going to build and only get better and better. So he's not exclusive to having that type of attitude about his team. But I believe it. I do believe with Dion that he's only going to get better talent. Now, the key for any program is, are you going to have a quarterback as good as your son? Don't know. Don't know until you recruit that guy but and see him on the probably. field. 
because so many times it comes down to the quarterback. This week in the NFL, by the way, we have two matchups of 0-3, 0-3. Yeah, you've got Vikings and Panthers, Broncos, Bears. And going back to Peyton, Broncos, Bears this week on the road in Chicago. They return home. They'll be hosting the New York Jets. Going back to the comments this offseason about Nathaniel Hackett. Guess who's favored in that Broncos-Bears game in Chicago? The team that just got 70 hung on them is favored. What is it, like one or two? One and a half? Two and a half, last I saw. Oh, it's up to three? Regardless. Is that the I mean, vomit into a barf bag, Chicago Bears fans. That is a house that is on fire right now. Your defensive coordinator resigned mysteriously with a lot of Soldier Field talk was, about inappropriate was conduct. Burglarized. Soldier Field burglarized. Um, <laughs> Taylor Swift stomped on your grave at Arrowhead yeah. in front of all of America and more women than have ever watched Chicago Bears games saw you, you lost, get demoralized lost by Patrick Mahomes and the to Chiefs. 10, but also could have also lost 70 to 10. Matty Ice is wearing a Bears shirt today. He's, he still <laughs> believes in the Bears. And now you're a two-and-a-half-point home dog. To the Denver Broncos, who just gave up 70 to a team on the road. It's bad times I guess it's because they also saw Denver score 20. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, let's expand this out to the Chicagoland area. Northwestern football. Absolute atrocity and scandal in the offseason with Pat Fitzgerald. Notre Dame has 10 men on the field. That's a Chicago team also. Don't kid yourselves. That is Chicago's team. Notre Dame has 10 men on the field in the final two plays with a chance to knock off Ohio State. Matty Ice's Cubs were up 6 nothing oh. last night in Atlanta and blow it lose seven and six. lose 7-6. They're tied with Collins Marlins now for the final wild card spot. Chicago is burning, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely burning. The White Sox apparently have the worst culture in the history of pro <laughs> sports based on players who've been there before. No and- accountability. Nothing, nothing going on with that, that organization. That city not doing well. Uh, also not doing well, uh, well, those trying to figure out how Dion and the uh, Colorado Buffaloes were trounced the way they were uh, in Oregon this past weekend as they returned back to Boulder to take on USC. Here's Keyshawn Johnson uh, with thoughts on what helped beat Colorado last weekend. So I spoke to somebody in the coaching fraternity <laughs> right after the game. And they know some people that coach at Oregon. And they was telling me, they said, man, I've never heard from another assistant coach of how much information was being given to that staff Uh about, no, I'm just, I'm being real with it, about game planning against Colorado so they can beat them. Everybody that stacking. everybody was stacked. They was everybody stacking. That, yeah. that, that's the reality of it. I ain't making this up. No. I ain't going to disclose no names, but y'all know who I'm talking it, about it, if you watch it. So, right here. you know. All right. There's Keyshawn. Uh, whatever they, what they were told worked. Well, I mean, is and his, is his source would, Deion Sanders? And, and now, maybe, uh, now maybe USC's calling Oregon to figure out what's going on? This is so stupid. Um this is like Ryan Day going with the Ohio versus the world thing that I don't think anybody believes but, or buys. But like, the idea that no other coaches... Everyone that has friends in coaching yes. that has played someone or seen something, if they prefer one coach or like one coach more than the other, they are going to give them tips if asked. 
Coaches aren't just offering up, hey, uh, Dan, I've got these notes that I made on, or on Colorado Secondary. You may want to take a gander at these. No, but if Dan Lanning calls a coach who has faced Colorado or faced Dion at Jackson State and wants to ask some questions, this type of sharing of information happens all the time. Whatever you've done as a coach or whatever your teams have done, let me let you in on a little secret. It's out there. People have seen it. People have prepared against it. People have faced someone that does the same schemes and coaches the same way. Keyshawn Johnson, who has been around football for a long time, knows this as well as anyone. So trying to make this some sort of state secret, oh, there's, there's multiple coaches who helped Dan Lanning destroy Colorado. Here's what helped Dan Lanning destroy Colorado. He has superior offensive and defensive line play, and he probably has a superior quarterback also in Bo Nix, which helped him in this game. And even if Shador Sanders was better, he's no good when he can't stay upright and throw the ball because the defense is on him so much. Yeah. This is so dumb. Well, and, and uh, Keyshawn went on to say basically that, uh, saying that they played against an Oregon team that's better. They're a better football team, and they are. Uh, they're going to face better teams as well. They, they did early on in the season and still won some of those games. And the fact that they're 3-1 and one right now is still remarkable. The do-you-believe comments, I thought, hey, look, for all the antics, and we, we've called it a soap opera, and you know, I've, I've referred to it as fight promotion during the week leading up to a game. Haven't heard as much of that this week as we did in weeks prior. We will continue to hear that, though, as long as they keep that buzz going and the wind's going. And they'll do that. I still think Colorado's going to upset someone, Chad, down the road that we haven't seen, uh, you know, have a loss in a few weeks. Maybe they do that this weekend at home in Boulder to USC. Who knows? They don't play much defense there. But what the, his response to the loss, I thought he, Dion handled it well at the podium. Um, the response to the near loss against Colorado State, also, I thought that's how you handle it. And how he's approached this to get the attention and the buzz, it, is, it rubs off on teams like Oregon. No one was w- discussing Oregon not playing their best, but still hanging on to win against Baylor on that final play where Baylor doesn't get the, the touchdown for the win. And they get that victory on the road. Now they win at home against Colorado, and it's a massive ratings bonanza. And the perception of the Ducks is much different now than it was a week ago. Same will be said for the current Heisman Trophy winner going for back-to-back in Caleb Williams and USC this coming weekend. That's, that's where the belief is. The belief is... The, the rising tide of Colorado is helping every ship that is going to be on national TV with them, even if the embarrassment of a blowout loss for Colorado will happen again down the road, maybe this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, and I think that they're going to win at least it, – I'm going to say just one. They're going to win one more game that, that's going to surprise yeah. us that we don't think they yeah. should. I thought before the season they're going to w- lose one just atrocious game that we're not expecting also. It's probably going to be one and one. That may yeah. have been Colorado State, and they survived yeah, it. that's fair. So, I, hey, if you're a Colorado fan, you're rooting for Dion. the hope is he survived that inexplicable, you know, favored by more than 20 points loss that I thought yeah. he'd probably have in year one by coming from behind, winning in overtime against Colorado State. They have Stanford coming up at home in a month. Let me look at the quick... 
Yeah, there's not a lot of games left on the schedule where you're just like, oh man, that would be a complete shock if they lost it. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So. So it's. I mean, there there's some there'd be some surprises if they won, but not on the other end. Yeah. That the see Arizona at UCLA. Yeah, you're right. The, the rest of the the west of the rest of the way after this week against USC, Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, Utah. That's the close of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to end up around and, seven and five or six and six. And who knows what that game against Utah might mean? Again, yeah. at the end of the year, I, I think they get one that we're not expecting. Washington State could be in the. But if in I'm the just mix. picking wins right now, hunting on that list I, you just reeled I'm, off, a Stanford, mm-hmm. Arizona, Arizona State. I'm not really saying any of those other ones. Yeah, they're are wins. Yeah. So if that's the case, that would give them. Six or seven wins. Right at six, yeah. Which is yeah, that's a terrific first year for Deion huge Sanders. success. Going back to preseason expectation, we said he'd be in the National Coach of the Year discussion if he got this team to a bowl game. So that's disappointing after the 3-0 start, no doubt, if they end up 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five based on the expectations that were built. But putting all this into proper perspective, that's still an amazing job in year one by Deion Sanders. And he's already been on the national television landscape Four for four. And he's brought interest not just to Colorado, but for a all six, of potential sports. six win team. All four of his games thus far yeah. to a massive audience. How many more of these will be that audience? Well, that depends what happens over the next couple of weeks, starting this week. And according to Keyshawn Johnson, he must coach against the entire country because everyone's collaborating yeah. to take down mighty Good job, Dan Lanning. Coming up, primary complaint. And speaking of ratings, massive ones across the football world. Clay Travis will be with us coming up in 40 minutes, plus Ross Tucker and Ned Michaels, who's covering Ryder Cup in Rome. They're worse places to be. Yeah. Ned will be on with us at 11 p.m. local time in Rome. Which is uh, 5 Eastern. Looking forward to that. A friend of ours from right here in Nashville who's now doing great golf commentary uh, for, what, CBS? He's done ESPN+. Plus. Uh, radio and much more. Ned's a grinder. He Always gets, was. Gets after, yeah. Gets Always after has it. been a grinder. Uh, on the golf course, too. Yeah. Great. Uh, Hot Mile with that and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, the ratings continue to impress. Uh, that's always the case with football, college or pro in the, in the primetime slots. But they're higher than even we would have guessed compared to years previous where solid matchups were happening but not with the same drama and intent from viewership, not just regionally, but nationally. Yeah, I I am shocked that Colorado and Oregon in a blowout actually had better television numbers than Notre Dame and Ohio State. Now, the number that we're going to show here of 10.5 million viewers on NBC, that is a combined number between NBC, the telecast, and Peacock. So the actual television number is 9.98 million. Hutton, Oregon, Colorado, at its peak, had 10.03 million viewers. That is insane to me, that a game that was out of hand quickly had that many viewers. By the way, that Notre Dame-Ohio State game, that's the highest-rated game on NBC since 1993 for a college football game. 
any college football game on NBC. Now, that's been Notre Dame games sure, for years and years. Now they have the Big Ten package also. Uh, so there will be more games under consideration for that. But, man, oh, man, great season so far for college football. A lot of eyeballs, not just on Colorado. They're, they're shattering some records and drawing in a lot of interest. But I do think that that specter of Dion has helped the entire sport. Yeah. But I, I was surprised to see that. It was very close. But I was surprised to see it wasn't Ohio State, Notre Dame, given the stakes, given how close that game was. And I know it peaked in the last few minutes of the game. I'm surprised it wasn't ahead of Colorado, Oregon. Uh, and ABC and ESPN with the, the two Monday night games, roughly $24 million, uh, between the two was their average uh, or their, their number for viewership uh, seesaw between those two games. It's working in their favor uh, for, for the Monday night double package where it's not a true double header, uh, just an overlap. Some NBA news. Uh, Wozorowski reporting Damian Lillard traded to the Bucks. Uh, as part of a three-team deal. So, uh, superstar status, he's wanted the championship-level contention, and now uh, in Milwaukee. He gets Giannis. He gets Giannis, and Giannis wanted that type of buy-in, too, Yeah, from his organization. I love this pairing, because I think both those guys are no-nonsense type players. They're all about the rings. They, they want to win, and win first and foremost. There's not a ton of flash to both those guys, I think this is a nice pairing there in Milwaukee. And, and who knew that you had to go to Milwaukee to try to chase that ring and win a championship? Been, but that's where they He are. had been pushing for Miami. He wanted to play in, uh, with the heat, heat culture. He wanted yeah, to be a part of that heat right. culture. Seven-time All-Star, though. He can now go for that, uh, now go for that title. Um, yeah, the, the ratings have been tremendous. Ratings, uh, just real quick and brief. Uh, Kansas City and Chicago with Taylor Swift's impact. They play the Jets now. This week, Chiefs on the road in New York. You think she'll be there? She's got a place in New York. I know that. It's one oh. of her homes is She's in New York City. Multiple jets, so, too. She can, yeah. She, uh, maybe she, she'll be with Ned in Rome. She <laughs> might be there. Now, think about this game if it was Aaron Rodgers playing and Taylor Swift was there and it was Aaron Rodgers and the Jets versus the Chiefs. Um, look, Swifties are going to tune in no matter what. Doesn't matter who the other quarterback is. As long as Taylor Swift's in the house, you know it's going to be – the ratings going to go through the roof with the female demographic. So I, I expect another ratings bonanza whenever she shows up again. I Tra know Travis Kelsey went on his podcast and wouldn't go into details, but talked a little bit about it. This is the one thing he won't go into life. detail. Yeah, he he went into more detail about the friendship bracelet than he did that day. He said she's more private than I am. And he said, so I'm going to respect our personal life and not get too much more into it. But he did say, you know, it's great to have her there. She looked great up in the suite and said something along those lines. Now it's about just staying silent. Like is Kelsey now on voice rest instead of Taylor? I remember because that, when that's we, why he couldn't speak to her because she was on voice rest because she was doing the back-to-back -back yeah. -back shows. Well, I remember we had Colin Jost in studio. Yeah. And this was right when he was rumored to be with Scarlett Johansson, Scar yeah. Joe. Yeah. And you asked about them and he like deflected in a way that he just kind of changed the subject or he looked at, we had another yeah. comedian in there with him. And he kind of looked in and just started answering a different question. I think is how he handled it. Without he, he laughed it off and he laughed but wouldn't talk about yeah. it at all. I think we even told him we got to ask you. And he's like, yeah, well, just, you I know, I'll, asked, I'll answer. Well, I want to answer. Mean, why? Why is it like if you're with Scarlett Johansson, I would be, you know, I would be bragging about it. Yeah, he he handled it in a clever way. Yeah, without saying anything. Chad, you uh, you opened the show yesterday saying you're pissed off for greatness. Yep. 
How would you describe today at this time? I would just say that I absolutely love being underestimated. That, that is something that really gets me going. I absolutely love underestimation in any walk of life. And it drives so you're, me you're when a, I'm underestimated. You're a Coug. You're a Washington State Coug. Just in any, any facet, anything. If, if I'm treated like I'm an idiot when I'm not, <laughs> if I'm treated like someone who can't bury a three-pointer in your face you when I can, uh, when I'm treated like Throw someone down the middle. who doesn't know how to pitch to eight-year-olds <laughs> in coach pitch softball, I can. Just underestimate me, please. I am dying for people to underestimate me, homie. That, that's how I feel today. This Pissed uh, off for greatness yesterday. Dying to be underestimated again it's today. Perfect for everyone. It, it, we don't underestimate primary complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's primary complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, furniture assembly. I was putting together a, a chair that came in for Chad, our friend Duke. And uh, shout out Duke. Great Turnbull. man. Great man. Uh, and product assembly. I, I remember putting together a new state-of-the-art vacuum recently, like two years ago. Three parts, snap, 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 charge it, good to go. And the amount of parts and assembly for what is just a simple chair was mind-boggling to me. Different Allen wrench sizes, all these different bolts and uh, nuts, and you've got screws, and half the thing is damaged anyway from shipment. One of the legs is bent, but then it came like that, and you have to unbend it because it's the packaging that's smaller than the actual chair is. It, it, just make it simple. Product assembly does not have to be this hard. Do something on your end so that when I get it, it's not just a Lego set. That's not what I purchased. I'm not wanting to put together a puzzle. I'm wanting to sit down on said chair and be lazy. That's my primary complaint. Totally agree with that one, Hutton. Um... I'm going to go to the world of uh, self-awareness or lack thereof that we see all over America right now. So recently I walked over. It feels like this pops up far too often for me. Maybe I should just cancel this company altogether. I walked to the Starbucks close by, uh, two doors oh, down yes. from, from here. Hutton was there with me. Hutton wasn't even getting anything. He was just being a good friend and walked over before mm -hmm. the show. Just wanted we to were hold running your hand. up probably about 20 minutes, and he did the entire walk over. Yeah. 20 minutes up before showtime, right? Go up there and grab a quick it's caffeine boost. My energy. Late in the afternoon. And what I found was a woman ordering in front of me that I actually started a timer on. She took 9 minutes and 47 seconds to complete an order. <laughs> Why? Because she had a promo on her phone that was so hard for the store to access they didn't know where it came from. They couldn't get her a rebate. She sat and talked to them constantly about it, trying to get the rebate to work, trying to get everything to happen. Hutton looked at me with this menacing look of, what, what is going What's on? What's going on here? I yell across the restaurant, oh, don't worry. This is going to be good primary complaint material. <laughs> she turns around and at says, your phone and said, oh, time this. The woman turns around and says, oh. I'm sorry. Should I should I move on? And I just look at her with a blank expression, thinking, "Of course, you should have moved on eight and a half minutes ago." If your dollar fifty off of your drink is so important to you, 
okay? You need to go to the back of the line and start trying to figure out the promo and not back everyone else up. There was a group of five women behind me yes. that were waiting. And, oh, far be it for any of the other Starbucks employees that are sitting around to not open up the other three registers next to them and take one of our orders. They just look at us like we're idiots the entire time. If it takes that long to get a discount going, it is not on you to sit there and talk to the staff for 20 minutes before you can order. Just go to the back of the line, or here's another thing. Just pay full price. Pay full price. Get the hell out. Let everyone else order. Be a decent human. Go about your day. This is my primary complaint. Chad, while you were giving your primary complaint, I was doing some quick math. And, you know, a lot of people, it's just a a tidbit for you, but... If you were to go to Starbucks every day versus making coffee at home over the year, you could save roughly $2,000. I don't go to Starbucks every day. I probably said that backwards, but just make your coffee at home versus going to Starbucks. I have a nice Nespresso machine. I've got iced coffee from that that I brought in today also. You choose to spend money elsewhere I normally do that, but sometimes I get hard up for it, and I just decide, you know, let's go next door. Let's get something. I hear you. I'm just saying, like, again, she's in the wrong, but, I mean, she might be thinking, you know, that that $1.50, that that could go a long way. It must have been a real treat for this woman to be at a Starbucks. I have a feeling this I mean, digs for these promos. Like she probably Googled Starbucks promo while she was in line. It felt like the first time she's ever tried to use it a was, phone app. Or yeah. It was all, and she was very nice to the people that she was talking to, but not nice to us who were trying to get somewhere and get an order in. I hear you. Definitely not a uh, extreme couponing kind of woman that's, that's used to that. But guys, my primary complaint revolves around an alleged reboot that may or may not be happening, but there are rumors that they will be rebooting the office once this writer strike, actor strike, all that stuff is over. And my primary complaint is the show went off air roughly 10 years ago. I remember the, the final season was 2013. It was a great show. I know it struggled a little bit early on, but you grew to love the characters. And it's one of those things to where they still haven't said, are we going to be bringing back members of the original cast? Are we just going to be recasting all together? You don't need to do either. I'm tired. I know you guys are on this of just not having an original thought. Now, it's one thing if they want to just bring the entire cast back together, but the way in which they left the show, you can't do that, and it make a lot of sense. Plus, all these actors, several of which have gone on to become incredibly famous. You look at John Krasinski going out there basically being a superhero. You look at Steve Carell just doing all types of film work. I mean, Mindy Kaling's one of the biggest comedic writers they're trying to get in Hollywood at the moment. You're just not going to be able to put all these people back together and it be the same incredible show that it was originally. And that is my primary complaint. Even though they got Greg Daniels and coming back to put this, Greg Daniels coming back to put this together, it's just not going to be worth it. Yeah. How did Rain William, uh, Rain Wilson, not uh, go on to better things? You named everyone practically except for Rain Wilson. He's off saving the planet right now. Yeah, but it, I mean, he, he he's can, a tree hugger. Was he not doing that prior to the office? I don't, no, I think I don't the think office so. experience because it was a paper company. Maybe made maybe, him maybe a tree want hugger. him to go save I'm just trees. Saying, like how how was he that bad after how, being so great at playing Dwight Schrute? Uh, there's a Frasier reboot happening on Paramount yep. Plus. It feels like this not so much because this is a little bit of a younger generation, but I feel like streaming companies now they're asking themselves the question: um, How can we get our parents to tune in to a streamer? Because yeah. that's the only reason you bring back Frasier. Yes, or The Office. Right? Unless the, unless all the writers were young at the time and they're also playing characters on the show like The Office, well, and that's the one thing they write well is that character. And, and the other thing for The or Office is it started off, it was some very, don't buy. very edgy content that nowadays a lot of people would probably be furious about. 
Yeah. The, the, oh, there's absolutely. Steve Carell said that. He said we could. I couldn't do it today. We'd get canceled for some of the jokes early on the show. Well, the, the British but, version of it was way more edgy, though. Yeah, but, before, but you could be edgy. You have, you have the person in the office that wants to cancel Michael Scott. So you, that's how you play it in the show. I mean, that was the that was that the was, dynamic was, of the office. That was Toby in HR, yeah. So you could you could still get away with it based on the interactions that you have. I mean, I'd watch it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I What's won't watch it. What's the dude's name? comes in and takes a dump in his office. Uh, oh, the uh, champ. Yeah. The guy who played champ. Yeah. Bring David, that back. David, what's his name? Kirchner, maybe? Ketchner? Kechner? Kechner. Kechner. Yeah. We'll get it right within the next five minutes. And Hey, how about Lane or Kiffin not. get it right? That's next.